Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It's that time of the week. It's preview time. The Bears have a game Monday night against the Vikings, and here's an opportunity for the Bears to stop their three-game losing streak. Before we get into the ins and the outs of this particular matchup, and there's some interesting statistical stuff going on with this game and I've got some analysis from the guys that I trust that you hear from every week on on this podcast I want to talk about what the biggest news story coming into this it's not injuries it's not COVID this week it's the fact that Matt Nagy has decided you know what maybe it's time for me to give up play calling duties that this isn't going the way that I want it to go and I'm i I'm going to allow Bill Lazor to do it. I think that this is, and I said it in yesterday's podcast, which is all about this, but I think that this is a big step forward for Nagy. I hope that it works for him because it would be very easy if it doesn't work to be like, ah, everybody got to go. So this, this feels like a bit of a Hail Mary by the head coach and his offensive coaching staff. But before we get to really breaking down Bears versus Vikings, I want you to understand why Matt Nagy thought that it was appropriate to make the changes and make Bill Lazor the play caller for this week. One of the things that we've been discussing all week is, uh, you know, you guys have talked about is the the play calling, and I just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, I made the decision to go ahead and pass up the play calling and I'm going to give it to, to Bill Lazor. So it's a decision that, that I made. We've been talking about as a staff. And I, I said to you guys the last couple of days, keeping it internal. And a lot of that was for um, really the idea for us to collaborate as to where we're at and how, how can we be better as a, as a staff? How can we be better as a team? And as you all know, um, you know, it's very, very important for me um, to make sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can to, to make the best decision for the Chicago Bears. And I think right now that's where we're at. It allows me to, um, to, be, to, to really look at all three phases from the head coaching position, you know, and, and focus on that. Um, I've been a part of this before this situation at, at other teams and, and really have focused on the positive that, that have come from it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to, uh, to, to let Bill take this over. And, and he has experience in this role. I think he's going to do a great job. And it's something that uh, for us, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, um, something that we all just decided together, like, hey, let's go. And, and so it's, it's a lot. I think it shows the belief, too, that I have and that we have in the coaching staff. So I just wanted to make sure that you all know that you have that. I think it's important. And uh, uh, really with that other, you know, we don't have any more updates in regards to the COVID reserve with any of the, the players. It's very similar to that concussion protocol deal. So that's where that's at. And then, you know, the injury game statuses uh, will come out tomorrow in regards to the, the game. So that's that. Hey, Matt, is this permanent move for the rest of the year? And also why build, you know, uh, you, you have flip on your uh, staff too, who's called plays before. What pushed you in both directions? So here's what I say. Right now, what it, what it is, is it's for this week and ex- excited to see, you know, how well we do and, and move forward. I hate to say anything's permanent, but uh, just try to really focus on this week with the Vikings and, and keep it at that. And then we'll have the bye. 
and uh, and go from there. But uh, and then the, as far as the other coaches, I have a lot of respect for the other coaches on our staff. I know Dave Ragone and, and John DeFilippo uh, both have done an amazing job. The, you know, the four of us, along with our other coaches, we all get together. We all we all scheme run, pass, uh, you know, every part of the, the, the game plan we do together. None of that's going to change. We're still all doing that together. Uh, so Bill, Bill has done it before, and I do believe that guys like Dave Ragone and, and Flip, Flip has done it obviously for a while, but I, I, I just, I think it shows the belief in all those guys. And, and Bill, Bill knows that uh, he's been there, done that, and all of us working together is uh, hopefully going to be a positive for us. So Negi talked about the idea that maybe this will allow him, that one of the positives from this is that it allows him to work on some of the CEO stuff of being a head coach. Maybe overall strategy, clock management, taking care of what's going on on the sidelines, being able to talk to individual players on offense while he's not worrying about getting the play in. That's something that I am looking for in this game. I want to see how crisply the Bears can get stuff called and get in and out of the huddle. With a new play caller, you would imagine that there might be some clunkiness. And Bill Lazor has done this before. That's some of the good. You can argue the level of success with which Bill Lazor has called plays throughout his career. But the idea that they get to do it a little differently and you get to eliminate factors. That's what this has been all about. As Matt Nagy has gone on this year head coaching, it's when we talk about his offense, it's about, okay, well, let's eliminate factors. Let's figure out what's wrong. And the number one factor that a lot of people thought was the reason why the Bears' offense was bad was Mitchell Trubisky. He's been eliminated, and the offense is still bad. So bad that you have Nick Foles continuing to average per play, average per pass, sorry, average per pass close to six yards that's bad you you want that number at least at seven and preferably around eight when you're talking about yards per pass and you're only talking about six yards your offense is not functioning very well so that's the number one story what is this going to look like this week is the offense going to look better because Bill Lazor is making the calls and Matt Nagy gets to kind of sit back and react to it. I'm sure it'll be one of the things that is talked about in mass on that broadcast, especially considering some of the stuff that happened in the last game that the Bears were on on Monday night where Nick Foles was ter- telling Brian Greasy stuff and Brian Greasy was telling the world what was going on with these Bears. Before we go down the road of things that are bad with the Bears, and you know what what is bad with them, and that's their offense. Their offense has struggled over the last three games. So the three-game losing streak that the Bears are on, they've averaged about 16 points a game. That's, that's not going to work in the NFL. And if you look at what the Bears' defense gives up per game, even on an average base, like that's not – going to work and they need to do more and we'll we'll get to that in a second but I wanted to put a spotlight on one particular player and the danger of course of me talking great about a player is that the the opportunity for that player to then look bad after I talk good about him but Roquan Smith this year has just been 
phenomenal. You don't even need the statistics. All you need to do is look at him play. Watch what it is that he's doing. So I had Anthony Heron talk about this a little bit on the show. I wanted to hear what he was seeing when he was looking at the tape. Here's what Big Ann says about the year that Roquan Smith is having. He has been spectacular. The, the Rams game was his worst game of the season. Aside from that, every time Roquan Smith has stepped onto the field, he has been at least at a Pro Bowl level, if not more. And to the extent that I think part of what's gotten lost as well is because he's, he's been around and made so many plays this season that I think you know, where people see him miss a tackle, where he's like one-on-one, you know, with, with a really shifty running back in the hole. They're like, oh, well, man, Roquan missed a couple of tackles. Well, he made like 12 to 15 more as well that a lot of linebackers in the NFL wouldn't have even been able to be in position to make. And I just think we have found him, and he has found himself. He has worked himself so frequently in a position to make a bunch of plays this season that it's almost like we pay more attention to the ones he hasn't made at times because he's like the only bear defender there a few times, but he has been spectacular at what I talked about early in his career with his ability and his willingness to quickly diagnose the run and then not go laterally to get it. He is coming at blockers downhill and he's not the biggest dude on the field, but at 220, 225, he will go meet a blocker in the hole. He will go meet a running back in the hole. Yes, a few tackles have been missed here and there, but that, that's just a modern linebacker right now where sometimes because you have to bring so much speed to the point of impact, yeah, you're, you're going to occasionally miss one when you're one-on-one. But what he's done against the run in the box, out into the flat as a guy chasing the football sideline to sideline and most definitely in pass coverage, man. I, I can't imagine there's another inside linebacker covering the pass against running backs, tight ends, at times receivers to, in the way with, with the efficiency that Roquan Smith is this season. This is, he, he is a top 10 pick who is living up to that top 10 billing. And like you referenced, it's, it, it, it could be unfortunate if things sort of taper off this season for the Bears to an, expen- to an extent where we lose how great Roquan Smith has played this season because he has been remarkable. 100% agree. He has been remarkable, and I fear if the Bears fall into the abyss of losing – that they or stay in the abyss of losing that they've been in, that people aren't going to give Roquan the respect that he deserves. I, I think that he deserves all pro consideration. I, I think he's been absolutely spectacular so far this season. Another guy on this defense that hasn't been spectacular, and you keep wondering, has he been productive, has been Robert Quinn. There are a bunch of pressures for Quinn. When he was brought in, it was a big money deal, and you were thinking that he was going to be able, like his knack for getting the quarterback on the ground was going to be something that was better than what you were seeing from Leonard Floyd, that you were going to upgrade. Funny stat about Robert Quinn. The first time that he got into the game, the first snap that he played was the second game of the season. He got a sack, and since then... He hasn't gotten a sack. And you need him to help put pressure because here's my feeling on the Bears defense. I think the Bears defense has to do more because the offense is so stunted in what it is that they can do. They need to take the ball away and they probably need to score. And that means that there has to be pressure on the quarterback. Either you're getting the sack, strip sack fumbles 
and you're taking those back to the house or you're putting so much pressure on the quarterback when he's in the pocket that he's going to make a mistake and he's going to throw the ball up and that's where Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson end up making plays. There were plays that were in front of them last week. Kyle Fuller had an opportunity for a pick six and just couldn't catch the ball. With the state of the Bears offense, they can't have stuff like that, especially against the Vikings. And then no extra chances for them against the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. We'll go over some of Cousins' statistics that are really interesting in a minute because it's clear that they are hiding him as, as their quarterback. But here's what Dan Durkin saw when he turned on the tape in trying to figure out if the Bears are getting what they need from Robert Quinn as a pass rusher. He does need to be more productive in getting the quarterback on the ground. He is creating opportunities for people next to him, like, you know, Bilal Nichols and players like that. So he's creating singles for them. But when you think about it, a defensive line that has Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and then, you know, plug in whatever you want to put on the, on the opposite side, uh, Bilal Nichols, Brent Urban, and then Quinn next to that, man, you're probably singled up a lot needs to be able to win those singles and get the quarterback on the ground as a consequence of it. And I, I was kind of picking on him a little bit during Sunday's game just because he, he's been so quiet. And you think about the money that was allocated to him in that position, and you think about all the other acute needs. Uh, I mean, good for him for getting money. I will never, you know, I, I want every NFL player to get every dollar they can. This is a violent sport. I get all of that. But when you think about the other needs across the offensive line and some other areas, Yes, they needed a pass rusher opposite Khalil Mack, but when you sign somebody for that amount, he needs to be a playmaker and he needs to be a difference maker, and at this point right now, he is neither. What's been good about the Vikings over the last couple of weeks? I think that they have embraced the fact that they are truly a run-first team, and Kirk Cousins is a game manager. Um, they are just one of three teams in the league that uh, runs the ball more than they pass. Uh, they, they, it's them, the Ravens and the Patriots, I believe, that, that are in that category. But Dalvin Cook is playing at an incredibly high level. And I think that this, this zone scheme is a great match for him as far as, you know, wait for the, the crease to get there. And then he's uh, playing his foot in the ground, get north and south very quickly and, and make plays with that. So I think the combination of the offensive line, how Kubiak is running it and how Dalvin Cook runs is working very well. And then for his infrequently as this team is throwing, Justin Jefferson is really emerging as an excellent receiver and, and a perfect complement to, to Adam Thielen. He's working so well out of the slot, very productive. And when you think about how few opportunities he, he's getting and how productive he is with them, I think that, um, you know, that, that, that's a great find for them from a personnel perspective. But I think more than anything, their identity has been established. We always talk about what's the Bears' identity. The Vikings' identity is clear. They're going to run the ball, and then they're going to try and get – some really hard play action off of that and hope they get you biting on that. So Dalvin Cook has been the biggest difference for them. But I think defensively, this, this Vikings team has holes all over the place. I just don't know if the Bears are going to be able to find them. Let's talk about some of those holes on defense for the Vikings. You can pass against them. The passer rating against this Vikings defense is in the 100s. And you can compare that to what the Bears do. Their passer rating against... They're fourth in the NFL with a pass rating around 84. So this, this Bears defense is doing their job. The Vikings defense is not. The key is don't turn the ball over, and they haven't really been an active squad 
as far as taking the ball away. But last week against Matthew Stafford, they did pick him off twice, and I believe one of those was a red zone interception for the Vikings. The bigger question is, what do you do on defense against Dalvin Cook? And before you go, okay, well, they shut down Derrick Henry, they can shut down Dalvin Cook. I think that Dalvin Cook is a better comp to Alvin Kamara, that he's more of that type of player than he is the type of player that Derrick Henry is. Not that he's not a tough runner, he is. Let's talk about the numbers on Dalvin Cook over the last few weeks. Last two games, 56 total touches, 478 total yards, six touchdowns. That's crazy. He has 13 touchdowns so far this season. NFC Offensive Player of the Week coming into this game. For the season, he is averaging 123 yards per game. Last week, he averaged nine yards per carry, a little over nine yards per carry. When he goes over 100 yards, the Vikings win. And it's a matter of getting him his touches and getting him lathered up. He played really well against Green Bay as well with those four touchdowns that he had against the Packers. The Bears defense stops the run. They did it to Derrick Henry. And again, I just want to say he's a little bit different because he's more of a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays. So now it's it's up to that Bears defense to try and shut him down and to take him away from the offense. If the Bears can do that, then you're left with Kirk Cousins. And we'll hear from J.J. in a minute on this. Check out these stats on Kirk Cousins. If you look at the games that they've won, they beat Houston 31-23. They beat the Packers 28-22. And then last week they beat the Lions 34-20. In those three wins, Cousins has not had more than 22 passes in a game. And he's been super efficient. 16 of 22. So 73%. One touchdown, no interceptions, passer rating of 127.1. Win against Green Bay. He threw the ball 14 times. 11 of 14. That's 79%. 160 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Last week against Detroit, 13 of 20, 65%, 220 yards in the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. In every game that the Vikings have won this year, Kirk Cousins has not thrown an interception. And the inverse is true. In every game that they've lost this year, Kirk Cousins has thrown at least one interception. They have put the mittens on him, and for good reason. He makes mistakes. He's not great, but if you have a a consistent run game, you can work play action off of that. And you can make the throws easier for him. For the season, 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But if you look at his ratings and wins, 127-1, 138-1, The number seems to be around 25. If he has more than 25 attempts, he is going to give the ball to you, which means the Bears have to step up and stop the run. I asked J.J. Stankovitz about Dalvin Cook, 
and how good Dalvin Cook has been playing. This is what J.J. had to say, and if you're a Bears fan, this might make you feel good. Make me feel good. When you hear J.J. talk about what Dalvin Cook has done and what Kirk Cousins hasn't. You said the Vikings figured out, just give the ball to your best player, Dalvin Cook. He's got 369 yards in his last two games against the Lions and the Packers. Dalvin Cook in three games against the Chicago Bears. 34 rushing attempts, 86 yards, 2.5 yards per carry, 29 yards per game. The Bears' defense, for the, they can stop Delvin Cook in this offense. They have proven that. They proved it last year when they didn't have Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith on the field in week four. They proved it in 2018. They're going to prove it again. I, I understand the Bears, are they don't have Eddie Goldman in there, but for what somehow the Bears held Derrick Henry to 68 yards on 21 carries without Eddie Goldman and John Jenkins on Sunday in Tennessee. So the Bears' run defense is hitting its stride, and they're hitting their stride at the ideal time because if you shut down Dalvin Cook, you are putting Monday night's game into the hands of a quarterback in Kirk Cousins who is 0-9 on Monday night football. That's a thing, Lawrence. That is a thing that Kirk Cousins cannot win on Monday night football. If you make Kirk Cousins win on Monday night football, He's not going to. I think that's good strategy from J.J. The numbers support him in that. It's just that right now, when you look at what happened with the Bears last week, when they were taking on the worst third down team in the NFL, the worst, and they only converted two two third downs. We have to be able to look at the Bears the same way that we look at opponents. Nick Foles has won a game this year. Like, he's done some magic when he came in and played against the Falcons. But if you had to pick between these two guys right now, which one would you pick? The fact that I'm even asking that question is problematic overall. Bears, Vikings, Monday night. If you stop the run, you got a really good chance of winning the game. If you don't, this could be miserable. And the Bears will be stuck at 500. This is a must-win game, period. That's what it is. It's a must-win game for the Bears. We will see how they do. I'll have a post-game pod up on House of L immediately afterwards. I'll do a video on Twitter. You can follow me at Lawrence W. Holmes. That's where you can follow me on Instagram as well. And hopefully, I'm trying to do a Twitch stream on the Score's Twitch feed, which is twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. I'm trying to do that at halftime, and who knows what that might look like and sound like. But hopefully you can meet me there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you listening. Your support of the previews always do really well. So thanks for listening yet again. We'll see what happens Monday night.